When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. in the morning. Let's go. Ted Sportsman like on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. I feel like I need a Kango right now. And the rope chain, I got to I thought we've it. been saying we need that. Yeah. We what tra- happened? I don't know. Well, I guess we're going to do it eventually. Yeah. We got to get somebody Who runs our props department? Yeah. Pat? Pat's dropping the ball, I guess is what we're saying? <laughs> well, let's, play, let's, let's blame the guy that didn't show up for work today, Nuno. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah. Fine. Let's blame him. So he's our props department. Yeah, he should be doing something. All right. He's not doing anything right now. <laughs> it is on Sports like on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app, and all the great ESPN stations across the country. She is Michelle Smallman. He is Chris Canty. I am Evan Cohen. And we've had this argument ongoing here today as to value around the NFL because there's been this big kind of push over the first two weeks. Hey, could Micah Parsons finally be the non-quarterback that wins MVP? Could T.J. Watt, right? J.J. Watt, his brother, is putting it out there, be that non-quarterback that could win MVP. And I personally believe that every single quarterback, not by name, but by role and position, is more valuable in the NFL relative to winning and losing than any other position, than Micah Parsons or any other defensive player. If you think about the quarterback position, they impact winning, and their value, high and low, is greater than any other position, 1 through 32. Whomever you deem to be the worst quarterback in the league has more impact on winning and losing than Micah Parsons does. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, whoever you think that is, impacts the result of a game more than the best defensive player. Micah Parsons is the best at what he does. What he does, unfortunately, is not as important as what a quarterback does. So for me, I could never vote a non-quarterback for MVP because this league is based on whether or not your quarterback can outperform his contract. Micah Parsons, CC, could have the greatest game of his life and the Cowboys lose. Dak Prescott could have the greatest game of his life, and it's a guarantee that they will win. Well, how do you judge whether or not a quarterback's outperforming his contract, right? You're looking at the touchdowns, you're looking at the yards, you're looking at the QBR. What I'm saying about Michael Parsons is the game has not quite caught up to how how we measure the game hasn't caught, caught up to the way that Michael Parsons impacts the game. You can't fully quantify what he does on a football field. You can talk about the sacks. He's third in the National Football League. You can talk about the pressures. He's top three in the National Football League. You can talk about pass rush win rate, which he's tops in the National Football League, despite being double teamed 48% of his pass rush snaps. You can't fully quantify what he's doing and the opportunities that he creates for other people and how he impacts opposing offenses in terms of creating opportunities for takeaways and being disruptive to the point where he's creating tackles for loss in the run game. This is a guy that that detrimentally impacts opposing offenses on every single snap, whether they're running the ball, whether they're passing the ball. He literally plays all over the defensive formation, whether it's playing at linebacker off the ball, playing edge rusher, playing defensive tackle. I've seen him play nickel sometimes. This guy probably could play safety or corner. Like, he's that kind of athlete. And I don't think we've fully caught up to 
to be we fully caught up to being able to measure what he does in today's game because the focus in today's game has been so offense centric. So I I I struggle to understand why we wouldn't consider a guy that does what Micah Parsons does as the most valuable player in the league when he's clearly the best player on his team. And we're talking about the Cowboys being a top three, top four squad in the NFL through two weeks. Yeah, think about the conversation that we're having right now. Micah Parsons is, without a doubt, a game wrecker. Without a doubt, the best player on yeah. his team. Without a doubt, the best defensive player right now in the NFL. And you're saying that he can be the very best at his position, transcendent as, at his position, historically great. Yep. And he's still not as valuable as a quarterback that's mid, yes. as a quarterback that Correct. just isn't making mistakes. Then Correct. we should just get get rid of the MVP name and just say, you're the best quarterback in the league award. I'm, I'm okay with that. If you want to say QB of the year instead of MVP or however you want to title it, I'm absolutely okay with that. Like, let's put a name on one thing. Who would you consider middle-of-the-pack quarterback in the league? Who is, like, when you're thinking, just throw out names, 16th, Best quarterback in the league. Who, like, give me a name that comes to mind. Geno Smith. Geno Smith. Who do you think of? Let's take, let's take Brock Purdy. Okay. I believe those two guys are more valuable than Micah Parsons, and here's why. I believe that they are not as good at their job as Micah Parsons is at his, mm-hmm. but their job is more important and more reliant. on The team winning and losing is more reliant on the, on the quarterback, obviously, than it is the defensive player. That if Geno Smith has a game where he is 15 of 22 – 220 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions, that is more valuable than Micah Parsons having four sets. Well, well, here's the thing. I, I think we're having two different conversations because you're talking about the importance of the position, and I'm talking about how good a player actually Correct. is. Yes, right? So exactly let's, right. Do, let's do the value over replacement argument then. If you want to take a quarterback that's mid and replace him with another quarterback that's mid, and you're saying that that guy – is more more valuable than Micah Parsons. I don't know if I can buy into that. Like, if you replace Micah Parsons with somebody else in the National Football League that's not as good at their job, the Dallas Cowboys as a team ain't going to be as good, well, regardless the- of what Dak Prescott does. I mean, look at the San Francisco 49ers. Like, they're a team that's been quarterback independent. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has taken Matt Ryan to a Super Bowl, and Kyle, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to a Super Bowl, and Brock Purdy has been to the conference championship game. And yet, they focus on the defensive side of the ball. They just paid Nicky Bosa $34 million a year. Like, I, I think them showing us that this is an important position and that guy that rushes the passer – can can have that kind of impact that can take our team on a deep playoff run, I think that's the the argument that we would be making for Micah Parsons. I think you actually made my argument unintentionally. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm going to tell you why. When Brock Purdy got hurt in the NFC Championship game, they still had the same defense. They yeah. didn't have the same quarterback that completely fell apart. Yeah. And so Bosa was only so vi- – he couldn't win. If Bosa got hurt in the NFC well, well, Championship game – Well, I'm saying if game, you replace – my point is if you replace Brock it's, – it's easier to find a guy that can play like Brock Purdy than it is to find a guy that can play like Nicky Bosa. It's easier to find a guy that can play like Dak Prescott than it is to find a guy like plays like Michael Parsons. And therein lies the value of what I'm talking about, value over replacement. I can't find a lot of Michael Parsons. I can't find defensive players that can wreck the game like that. That's why those guys get paid. The Dallas Cowboys got a huge decision to make with Dak Prescott – and whether or not they want to pay him $54, $55 million a year, and they still got to pay Michael Parsons $34, $35 million a year. I have no reservations about paying Parsons $35 million a year. If the choice came down to those two players, I'm paying Michael Parsons 10 times out of 10, top of the market money, before I'm paying Dak Prescott. If I got to go to 49ers route and trade Dak Prescott and bring on a rookie at the top of this year's uh, next year's draft and t- just in order to pay Michael Parsons what he's worth, then damn it, that's what I'm going to do because that's lose. the identity of my team. You'll lose. Well, what, what are you saying? The San Francisco 
Bronco 49ers have been in the conference they, championship game. They lucked game out. They, I mean, come on. The Brock Purdy is complete luck of the draw that but, they got but, Mr. But, Irrelevant to play that but way. That, but think about how they built their team, though. They built their team and they're saying, you know what? We'll rather go with a quarterback on a rookie contract yeah. and, and, and have a stacked defense and have skill position players around him and pay – the best defensive player in the league, top of the market money, rather than paying a quarterback that's mid or a quarterback that we can find a replacement for easily. They are the weirdest example because that was not their intention. Their intention was to pay Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, but they were able to survive a huge yeah. mistake because of what they did. Because they the had identity. a quarterback outperformance contract. Well, well, yeah, that's cool, but they were able to find a quarterback with quite literally the last pick in the draft. So I guess my whole point is this. like, I can find another guy that can give me – competent quarterback play, which is what the Cowboys are asking Dak Prescott to do. They're not asking him to be a world beater. They're not asking him to go out there and throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns every single week. They're asking him not to turn the football over, and that's what he's doing. That's why this team leads the league in turnover margin. But this defense has led the league in takeaways since Michael Parsons showed up, and they continue to do so now. So why would I... Why would I sit here and try to make the argument that he's not the best player on the team and simultaneously the most valuable? Yeah, we're also quantifying value in different ways. I think about the opposition as well, okay? So if you're playing the Dallas Cowboys, the opposition is staying up at night thinking, how do we combat Micah Parsons? What is our game plan going to be versus Micah Parsons? If you're playing, let's say... You know, let's throw Desmond Ritter back in the conversation. You think the opposition is saying, how are we going to combat Desmond Ritter? They're Mm. thinking, okay, if Desmond Ritter beats us, he beats us. Right. I'm not arguing that. What I'm saying to you is Desmond Ritter impacts winning more than Michael Parsons does. I I know that sounds crazy because when you, but but also, Michael Parsons is better at his job than Desmond Ritter is at his. His job is just not as important. See, that's the part that I don't understand because I can find another Desmond Ritter. Like, I I can find another one of those guys. I get it, but it still does. I, like, listen, this is not meant to come off insulting. You got, you as a defensive lineman for 10 years. Oh, no, I'm not taking it as that. No, I know. And and I think where we get caught up in the gray area, and we're going to get some calls in at 888 ESPN on this. Where we get caught up in the gray area is using the names, right? It's crazy to think, well, you would rather have Desmond Ritter than Micah Parsons? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'd rather have an average quarterback than an elite defensive player because if my elite defensive player in this hypothetical comes with a below average quarterback, the elite defensive player doesn't matter. No, but I guess my point is this. If I have average quarterback play, regardless of what the name is, that's cool if I have a Micah Parsons. Right now, that's what the Dallas Cowboys need. Uh, Average to above average quarterback play. That does not make Dak Prescott the MVP if they go 15-2 and or 16-1. No, he's not, but I just could never vote for a non-quarterback personally. Corey in Kentucky listening to us here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. What's up, Corey? Hey, what's happening, y'all? Uh, well, the days of championships being won by defenses, uh, to me, is gone now because everything caters to the offense penalties and everything caters to the offense fully. Uh, I'm a defensive-minded guy. Ray Lewis was definitely more impactful um, and MVP-worthy than Trent Diffler could ever even think about being. They didn't need Trent Diffler on the field. They could have just put Jabal Lewis in the backfield and snapped the ball to him different and won era. a championship. Different era. You acknowledge that. That's a different era, right? I mean, we have to acknowledge that's, that's- Two thousand. Yeah, but I mean, doesn't that make what Michael Parsons in this Cowboys defense is doing that more impressive? That much more impressive? I mean, they yeah, again, they've led the league in takeaways despite all the last two years, despite all of the rules being geared toward offense and production on that side of the ball. The, the last time a defense has led the league in takeaways in back-to-back years was the 1973-74 Steelers. Wow. Like, that, think about it. And now they're on their way to leading the league again in takeaways. So do you think that the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl? 
What I'm saying is it's possible for Micah Parsons to win MVP if this team has the kind of regular season that that this defense is, is going to allow them to. But do you think they're going to win the Super Bowl? No, I don't. I, th- I, didn't, I didn't think they were going to. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl because I don't trust the head coach and quarterback. Okay, so then you're saying that having the best defensive player in the league doesn't matter as much as having. Well, a having a good coach matters. Yes, good good players well, can't. Good, good players can't go. Good players can't overcome bad coaching. Keith in Ohio, listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's up, Keith? Hey, uh, first of all, CC, I'm a big fan. Second of all, you you got to have guys who are game breakers. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb stays in that game Monday night. The Cleveland Browns are two and zero. Michael Parsons is a game changer. And I think Brock Purdy is a little bit better than these guys value him at. I think he's playing at, a, at an elite level right now. And that defense, though, with Nick Bosa and everything, Nick Bosa is another one of those game changers. You can't plug and play a Micah Parsons and just expect not to win. Dax isn't that good. He's mediocre at best. Well, I'm not going to say Dak is mediocre. I think Dak is an above-average-to-good quarterback, right? I mean, he's somewhere in the top 10 to 12 quarterbacks in the NFL. I think Brock Purdy right now is is playing well, but he's somewhere in the top 10 to 15 quarterbacks in the league too. My point is when we start talking about the most valuable player, I have a hard time putting that label on a guy that's easily replaceable. Like I, I just think the value over replacement matters when we're having the MVP conversation because it's quite literally most valuable player. If the Dallas Cowboys best player is Michael Parsons, the identity of the team is defense. The best side of the ball is defense and he impacts the game in a way that no other defensive player does. Why can't he be in the conversation for MVP if you're talking about this team having one of the best, if not the best regular season record? Because he's on a quarterback and the quarterback he just mentioned was Purdy. He mentioned Purdy and he mentioned Dak. Purdy. Purdy. We begin to rock. Hey, Purdy. Steady rocking all game long. <laughs> Can a defensive player have more value than any quarterback? We will ask an ESPN NFL insider next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Sirius XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU. Along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. By the way, did you see the story, before we get back to the phone calls and the MVP conversation, mm. you see the story that I guess the Panthers can't do a QB sneak because Bryce Young's too small? Is that a thing? I feel like it would be better because he's small, right? To did be able I, to, I, to, be able to hide behind the yeah, lineman, yeah, to be able yeah. to find 
the, yeah. the, the cracks and sneak through there. Yeah. Did I, I, I misread that? Is Because I'm pretty sure that's what was said the but, other but, night. But it's not like it's something that we haven't seen before. Like, there are some teams that will put a tight end that may have played quarterback in high school or college in for the quarterback sneaking and they'll push him. The, the whole push-push push thing. Yeah. <laughs> they'd rather do that than risk their quarterback getting themselves hurt on a quarterback sneak. And you're talking about Bryce Young and why they don't want to do a sneak with him. Did you see Jordan Love try to do a QB sneak against the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah. And how that worked out? Yeah, where he did the sneak without the ball? Yes. Like the ball wasn't snapped? I Come on, Jordan I, Love. I can't rip him. I once in high school lined up behind the guard as a quarterback. I'm like, geez, why isn't he snapping the ball? Wow. Yeah. Wow, you did that. Now, one wonder you threw eight interceptions <laughs> in one game. But again, guys, Nyack. Tough place to play. Thank you very much. That, that is, I mean, Jordan Love. I mean, doing the quarterback sneak with no ball. <laughs> That's, that's sneaky. That's, that's, <laughs> it would be pretty sneaky here on that's, that one. Uh, that's, that's a doozy. Uh, Garrett in North Carolina listening on Sirius XM Channel 80, chiming in on the QB value versus the defender value. What's up, Garrett? What's up, fellas? Um, the problem that I have with when you quantify the quarterback value is that you're quantifying it against a guy that should even be on the field. Of course, if you get a quarterback that's going to throw an interception every time or can't handle the ball, then – the quarterback looks extremely valuable because he takes every snap. But if you flip that analogy around, you could have a center that couldn't deliver to every snap. How terrible would that be? You could have blockers that couldn't block at all. And you're talking about if you have a great quarterback, you can really impact the game. But I watched the greatest passer I ever saw spend his entire career winning nothing because he didn't have a running game, he didn't have a good enough defense, and he did have receivers. But that was Dan Molino. And we don't even talk about him anymore because he didn't win any titles. The reason is because he didn't have Jerry Rice and Rassman and Roger Craig and John and Ronnie Lott mm. and the defense that uh, Montana had, even though Montana was great. I, I don't personally agree with that. I would look at it a little differently. I would say that Dan Marino played in the wrong era for Dan Marino. Dan yeah. Marino would have a Super Bowl. If his, he had his exact career today. Oh. I mean, he said to TMZ the other day that if I played today, I'd have 6,000 yards in a season. Yeah. That's not unreasonable for that guy. Well, he didn't he throw would. for 5,200 yards in right. the 80s? So, yeah. so, in right. the 80s? Right. <laughs> when you could literally mug receivers? <laughs> Are you kidding me? So I don't think that you – like, that's the thing. When you compare the errors like this, yeah. it's hard to look at it that way and say, well, clearly you're wrong about the quarterback value because look at Dan Marino. If Dan Marino played today, they would have won a Super Bowl. I don't think there's any question about that. Chris in Delaware on Sirius XM Channel 80 talking about the QB value. What's up, Chris? Yeah, I think the uh, – good morning. How y'all doing? Good morning. I think that the the defensive player uh, could win MVP over the a quarterback, um, especially Michael Parsons over Dak. That's like a – that's the, the it's too far. I think Micah's way better than Dak is at his position. So what Micah does for Dallas and what Dak does for Dallas, two different – Dak just doesn't lose the game. I think that uh, a defensive player can definitely win MVP. All right, let, let me let me try to do my comparison here in real life terms, if I can. Let's Please say, do. Let's say you have a nice restaurant. Okay, mm-hmm. you go to a nice restaurant, and your chef is an average chef, but you have the best cleaning staff of any restaurant there is. So every person that comes in your restaurant is going to feel that cleanliness. They're not going to worry about any kind of dirt or bugs or anything like that. You feel like you're clean, but then you get the food, and it's, it's all right. It's okay. It's okay. I think that's what it is. It's the chef is the most valuable position, arguably, in the restaurant, right? You mm-hmm. want to have good food. The cleaning staff is valuable, but it's not as valuable as the chef. So what I'm saying is the defender, if you have the best defensive player in the NFL, 
that's awesome. It's just not as important as having the best quarterback in the NFL. Well, the chef is the coach. I don't think it's the quarterback, but that's just and You're going to go really literal. No, no, I mean, <laughs> well, that's, I, what, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. And, and, and here's the problem. Again, we've been conditioned because of all the rules slanted toward the offense to be able to look at quarterback play and say, I can quantify that because this guy threw 40 touchdowns, he had 10 interceptions, he's got 5,000 yards passing, he's the MVP. We've been conditioned to look at those stats and say, this is the guy that deserves the MVP because these stats equal winning. Yes. What, we don't ha- what we don't have is the metrics, the measurables – to, to evaluate a defensive player's impact on his team's success overall. You're not going to say, oh, this guy had 20 sacks and it's a direct correlation to his team winning. We're going to look at the quarterback first. We're not going to say, oh, this guy gets double teamed half the time and it creates opportunities for everybody else on the defense. Think about it. Michael Parsons gets double, eight, double teamed 48% of the time on passing snaps. That's that, that, That's insane. That's so that stupid. means when the team drop, the opposing team drops back to throw the ball, the rest of the defense is playing 10 on 9. You mean to tell me that that's not a huge impact toward his team being successful, especially when we're talking about a defense that led the league in takeaways and a team that leads the league in turnover margin right now? The, the problem that I have with this conversation is that the analytics aren't, aren't – quite there in terms of how they measure what Parsons does and how he impacts winning, or maybe they are there and they're not they're out there for public consumption. Either way, we, we don't fully appreciate it because it's not easily quantified in a way that the public, that most fans understand. And that's why Michael Parsons is going to have a hard time winning an MVP. It's as much a narrative award as it is anything else. And it's easier to spin the narrative around the quarterback because they're stats, because they're numbers that we all understand. Yeah, it is a narrative award. You're right. But don't you think moving forward, so many people are having this conversation today because Micah Parsons has been that dominant through the first two weeks of the NFL season. But shouldn't we reframe the way we think of the most valuable player? We all know that the quarterback is the most important um, commodity in sports, especially in the NFL. But with that being being said, shouldn't we look at the value that the person is bringing based on their respective position? Michael Parsons has put his fingerprints all over every single game. And he's a huge reason, if not the main reason, that the Dallas Cowboys are having so much success. And I just think that when we're talking about MVP and we're trying to quantify value, the position that they play shouldn't be dismissed because of how important the quarterback is. So what you're saying, and I'm going to go really extreme on this, Smalls, okay. and I, or what I'm interpreting it, I actually agree with even though you're not 100% saying it this way. You're almost saying a, a batter, an everyday player in baseball, cannot win the Cy Young. It is reserved for the best pitcher. What you're saying is, in essence, if the NFL MVP is just quarterbacks, make it into a, their version of the Cy Young. Yeah. And I agree with that. Yeah. I actually think that makes more sense than just calling it the MVP because it's going to take something that is just astronomical for voters to vote for a non-quarterback. No, I hear you on that, but I just I just sit here and think about how good Michael Parsons is. I mean, Dak Prescott, because this is the comparison that we're making, Dak Prescott was a quarterback for the Cowboys five years before Michael Parsons got there. The Cowboys not once went to the playoffs in back-to-back years. Since he got there, they've gone to the playoffs back-to-back years, and they look like they're poised to go again. And it's because of the defense. Since he's gotten there, they've been a 12-win team. That's been the floor. It's because of the defense. 
Why, why can't Michael Parsons be considered an MVP if the Dallas Cowboys have one of the best regular season records in the NFL and we talk about this dude flirting with breaking the sack record? Why can't he be the MVP? Well, again, I'm going to use my restaurant example. We notice how great Michael Parsons is because the quarterback is good. We notice the restaurant is clean if we keep going in there because the food's good. I think that's the wrong comp. About- I think it's the waiter because a waiter can make you feel a certain type of way and mask maybe some deficiencies in the food. And that's what Micah Parsons does. He's an amazing waiter that comes in and makes your experience wonderful. That And he can mask if the food is just mid. You're not he, going to a restaurant just for the waiter. I'm t- but if you walk away and you and you feel great about the meal, about the, the time that you had there, you're going to overlook if the food was just okay. Micah Parsons can be so good at his job and the Cowboys can have success that it can mask deficiencies at the quarterback and, and, position. And, and case in point on what you're talking about was last year when Dak Prescott missed five games. Cooper Rush stepped in. Anybody care to take a stab at what the Cowboys record was? Four and one in the five starts that Cooper Rush was the quarterback. So, I mean, I'm not saying that Dak isn't a good quarterback, okay? But what I am saying is when we start talking about the impact on winning, I think it's easy to make the argument that Micah Parsons has more impact on the Dallas Cowboys winning football games as constituted now than Dak Prescott. How does Nickelback tie into this argument? We'll find out next on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. <laughs> yes! It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Will you hear that music? That means... We do two things with Kimberly A. Martin, <laughs> okay. ESPN First. NFL reporter. We do two things. Unpopular music takes and NFL. Yes. And Kimberly joins us now after her first appearance on our brand new show included her saying, you know what, Nickelback? Not that bad. So here we go. Kimberly, here we go. Two of the three people on the show, Michelle and I, would love to see sync halftime Super Bowl. In or out on that unpopular or is it popular music take? Um, bye bye bye. I lo- listen. I am. I am. I've always been in sync over Backstreet. Um, so yes, uh, sign me up for in sync at the Super Bowl. Um, wow. 
I don't go. know any new artists now, but tell me that NSYNC is reuniting for a tour or something. I'm there. CeCe's giving a look My like girl. I can't. No, I'm just You're saying that they had Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg a few years ago. Why can't they have NSYNC? Well, yeah, and so Absolutely. that would be that would be great. So now we're we're four for four, all of us. Yes, we're all on board. We're yes. all in. Okay, yeah. all right. So we got now. Now it's a popular music take. We have to do better. <laughs> we have to do better next week. All right, Kimberly, let's start with this. Would you vote as a longtime NFL reporter? Would mm-hmm. you vote for a non-quarterback to win MVP? Would I? Yes, but I also recognize that Micah's not winning it this year, and I say that not because Micah doesn't deserve it. I think through three three games he would be my MVP pick. Through two games he would be my MVP pick, but he would have for a defensive player to win it. Like Michael would literally have to ball out fifteen of the seventeen games. Like, but not just sacks, like force fumble. Like he would have to do it all consistently for much of a season. And he's remarkable, um, but I think that's hard to do. And I think if there, any good team that makes it. Um, you know, that has a good record, you're always going to look at that quarterback. I feel like that's how the voting goes. It is not a knock on Micah. Um, he's outstanding. But but I really think it's how the voting has been done for so many years. Kmar, bringing it a little bit closer to home, Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson said mm-hmm. something's got to be different. Something's got to change when it comes to the rivalry that they have with the Patriots. And, and I don't know if we can call it a rivalry because yeah. the Patriots have won 14 straight. But this coming Sunday, the Patriots and the Jets, both of these teams seems like they're at a bit of a crossroads. Who is this game more important for? Oh, I think it's the Jets. Because I think because of what the last two weeks have been for the Jets, the emotional roller coaster of it, having you started the season like, yeah, we, we could win a Super Bowl because we got Aaron Rodgers. And now they are back to last year, which is looking at um, – looking at Zach Wilson and what do we have in him. Um, the kid's talent is there. Uh, it's it's everything else, and it's this offensive line protection. So I think the Jets, they have the roster. They've just been missing the quarterback. If Zach Wilson can put it together consistently, if they can protect him, if they can keep him clean, and they lean on the run game, man, um, I, I think they still have a shot, but they need this. If they don't beat the Patriots, then I, then I really do feel like this season um, is going to be a wash. Kimberly, we know that Joe Burrow re-aggravated that calf injury. It looks like Jamar Chase was on to something, suggesting that maybe mm-hmm. he shouldn't have played to start the season. What are you hearing about his availability for week three and moving forward? You know what, it's really early because they play Monday. Mm-hmm. So it's so the week is pushed back a little bit. So um, until they get on the practice field, until Joe Burrow, like reporters are able to see Joe Burrow move around a little bit, at least in stretching, um, their their head coach Zach Taylor has said it, it's it's still unclear. Um, it's a little too early to know. It's hard to tell whether he'll suit up. But I find it so fascinating that Jamar Chase now is like, yeah, maybe I was onto something. Um, because, but here's the thing: I'm trying not to panic with the Bengals because this is a team. Last year they started zero two. This team has a history. I've covered them a lot. They have a history of sort of starting slow and then picking up uh, picking it up as the season has gone on, and and making it to the Super Bowl. So I don't want to rule out the Bengals just yet. But if Joe Burrow has to miss time or if Joe Burrow plays but is compromised like we've seen in the last two weeks, I don't feel good about their chances, especially in an AFC North that I, I still think is the best division in the NFL. It's on Sportsman like on ESPN Radio. alone. Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Joined by Kimberly A. Martin, NFL reporter for ESPN, of course, and Nickelback super fan. Okay, can oh, pause. Okay, can we get different music when I come on? Because now okay. people who didn't hear the last conversation like, does she really love Nickelback like that? Like, that's so weird. Like, Nickelback's, kind of, like, Nickelback's still, still a 
Oh, God. Okay. So, Kimberly, if we're giving you the aux cord, what's the song you have queued up? Oh, my God. What do I have queued up? That is a great question. Um, I don't know. I listen to a bunch of stuff. Like, I, I listen to a bunch of stuff. So, like, it's Beyonce. It's Post Malone. It's, like, Jay-Z um, and Nickelback, obviously. So, 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 so what's the walk-up music, Kmart? Yeah, what, what do you, you want, what do you want for go. the walk-up music go. going on Sportsman like? Uh, Man, I don't know. Something clearly, something I can shake my booty to. Um, <laughs> like what? Like I just, I always think about that. Like it's got. Like I'm very much like I feel like you couldn't tell me that I wasn't a defensive player. Like I feel like I need like some hater music. I need some. I don't know. Um, really get we you. Could do, hyped we could do the music. the Nas hate me now. We've played that a oh bunch, God. right? You like well, that? Well, the be- well ether. Like I feel like that. Right, would you want be- that? There we okay. go. That yeah. All right, exactly. we'll get that. Exactly. Rest in exactly. peace to my enemies. Yeah. So so that's sort of like where my mind is right before like. All right. Next ether. time we got you with ether. All right. So that, that's what we got. Uh, Kimberly, if one of these teams, you can only pick one, could mm-hmm. do over and never give this contract out, which one would choose the do over? Arizona with Kyler Murray, the Giants with Daniel Jones, or the Browns with Deshaun Watson? You get one do over. Which team would be the first? to take it i would oh, the, you know what's crazy i didn't think i would i would hesitate with this um because kyler murray i'm sort of like eh. but deshaun only because it is um so much guaranteed money and they had to give up they had to give up so much and but 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 yeah probably deshaun just because it's just a lot of money and there was no guarantee after a two-year layover like you know being sidelined for two years that he would be the same guy Kmart, I'm surprised that my co-host Evan didn't include Russell Wilson's contract in the mix. Sean Payton and him are off to an 0-2 start. They're on the road at Miami this weekend. What's the concern level in Denver? Are they preaching patience, or is it break glass in case of emergency? No, no I think right now it has to be patience. Um, I'm of the belief that you got to give Russ the full year. Um, Sean Payton, he's adjusting to this to a new offense that, that an offense that doesn't necessarily fit what we've traditionally seen from Russ, then you got to give it time. I think if you're Sean Payton, you give him a long leash and say, okay, we're going to try to make this work. And if after 17 games it does not work, then Sean Payton can turn to this front office and say, you guys brought him in here. I did not. And I can't win with him. But I don't think it's fair to Russ, especially after the contract, and I don't think it's fair to Sean Payton to make a move or to decide anything until you see a full season of Russell. So hopefully they figure it out. Because, Canty, I agree with you. Like, that contract is pretty terrible if you don't get a return on your investment. Kimberly, awesome job as always. We'll have Ether ready next time. <laughs> I appreciate it. There's Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporter. Uh, coming up, why one NFL QB may be the best underground rapper in the game. But first, but first, this from Chris Canty on Granger. For the ones who get it done, like Kimberly A. Martin for us, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. 
so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Series XM80, ESPN2, ESPN, you and all of our great stations across the country, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. You heard the highlights there. Browns to uh, uh, Baker Mayfield. Browns. Wow, I just went with the Browns and Baker Mayfield. You did that. Wow, did that. the Bucks and Baker. The Mayfield. The Browns wish they had quarterback play like Baker Mayfield is giving the Bucks that, right now. That is the Th- most unintentional wrong. bold <laughs> statement of the day. That is factually correct. You're not wrong. What it is. You're not wrong. Wow. Think. Say that again. I don't want to say it again. Don't Do say it. it again. Yeah, exactly. I feel <laughs> but awkward. it's true. It's true. It's a. It's an awkward place to be, though. But remember yesterday when I was like, "Is Baker Mayfield good?" and you said, "Don't take it, Smalls. Don't take the bait." But yeah. after two weeks, they're kind wow. of asking that question. I mean, the Browns would love that bait right now. They would love it. They jump on it like a big mouth bass. <laughs> What a statement you just made. Yeah, that's how far off Deshaun Watson is. They'd rather have the play of Baker Mayfield this season than Deshaun Watson. So we're going to get to a comment made by one of your former teammates Mm -hmm. uh, here on ESPN about Baker Mayfield. And I relearned that he's one of your former teammates yesterday because I randomly was diving down a rabbit hole on YouTube where I searched Chris Canty. Oh, gosh. And I came across something that is just amazing. I came across the Chris Canty draft video, and so people are watching this on ESPN2 and ESPNU, <laughs> and in it, and I guess the, the sound is off here, so the, but in it, Mel Kuyper discusses how you and Marcus Spears together are going to be lethal on that front, and I'm watching highlights of you, and Kuyper in there is like, this guy would have been a first-round pick if he didn't get hurt his senior year with that knee injury, and wow, you were dominant in college. Yeah, uh, man, I was actually a pretty decent player. Who knew? Uh, no, we all knew. Who knew? But watching you in college, oh, my God. And you yeah. got praised in that fourth round of the draft. Yeah. And the Cowboys were all praised because they got you. They kind of stole Ooh, you. Look at it was, that look. Right? Look at the right? ball, the ball head. The ball head was look. menacing, wasn't it? I like that. I don't know what the hell is going on with the facial you hair, though. Like it was oh, like I think go- you look money. It was a goatee, but it wasn't a goatee. You look like you're It was absolutely R&B ridiculous, group. Evan. What? I'm no. no, put that back up. I could up be an R&B group? Yeah, you look like you're 112 or something. Where the players are. You look like Plaxico Burris a little bit in this picture. I don't think that's a compliment. Yes, it is. I think Canty looks money in this picture that we have. ESPN2, ESPNU from the draft day. You do look cool. Yeah, what? I, it's amazing. Uh, she's like, what happened? She's like, what happened to you? She's like, you look cool in that picture. No, you look cool, 
though. You just gave me a 50 cent moment. Damn, homie. (laughs) College, you was the man, homie. What happened to you? (laughs) Exactly. I'm stunned. I'm stunned you don't think that looks cool. No, I don't think that looks cool. Oh, all right. But yeah, I was a part of a draft class with Demarcus Ware, Hall of Famer, newly minted. Marcus Spears, who was the other first round draft pick. Kevin Burnett, Marion Barber, the late Marion Barber, and Jay Ratliff, who was an all pro nose tackle. That's an awesome draft. That was the draft class. All of the 2005 Dallas Cowboys draft class. Wow. I contend if Jerry Jones would have kept us all together, we would have got him a championship by now. Do you want to hear what Mel Kuyper had to say about you? What did he have to say? Let's take a listen. Guy who makes tackles. This kid was amazing for a defensive lineman, six seven and a quarter, two hundred eighty pounds with great wingspan. It was long arms. In two thousand two, he had eighty six tackles. Yet he was slow recovering from a broken leg early. Then missed the last game with an arm injury. Eighty six tackles despite missing some time. In two thousand and three, healthy for the entire year, he had hundred and four tackles for a defensive end. Twelve tackles behind the line of scrimmage and four sacks. This past season, off to a great start again. Then hurt in September, and that knee injury is the reason why, instead of being a maybe a late first, early second round pick, he's there in round four. So we're talking about a lot of guys, well, they would have gone here or there. No, this kid legitimately would have been a late one, early two, had it not been for that injury. He was perfect in that scheme for Al Groh. Over 100 tackles in 2003 was amazing. And now you plug him in with Marcus Spears, get the Marcus Merritt outside linebacker. All of a sudden, Kevin Burnett comes in. They have completely restructured from a personnel base that defensive side of the ball with the Dallas Cowboys. That is as awesome of a draft capsule <laughs> as you could have. You yeah. know what I just thought of? Mel Kuyper said I had 104 tackles in one season. Man, I was so hungry when I didn't have money. <laughs> I, played, I played a lot harder when I was broke. I played a lot That's an insane <laughs> number for a defensive lineman. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I was hustling to the football. I was trying to get paid. That is that, that is as good of a draft capsule as you – Brady didn't have that good of a draft capsule. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Mel Kuyper did his homework. Smalls, I think CC's a little embarrassed right now. I think he's a little oh, embarrassed. I, think he I is. mean, yeah, yeah I, I, I am a little bit. You're making a black man blush, which is hard to do. <laughs> it, it's hard. It, it, you know, yeah, I, I've, it's one of those moments. I hadn't seen that. I, 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 yeah, what's your reaction? I've never watching seen that, that before. That's pretty cool. You've it's never seen cool. that in your life? I've never seen that before. That's oh, pretty yeah, cool. Oh, yeah, because he was there. He's well, not watching well, the broadcast. Well, no, no, I, w- I wasn't there. Well, but like your parents a, or brothers? So I thought I would be it, right? a top three draft pick. Back then, the draft was two days, rounds one through three, and then rounds four through seven. Okay. And when I didn't get picked in rounds one through three, I was like, all right, hell, I'm not watching the draft. And I remember getting a phone call that Sunday, which was rounds four through, th- four through seven, and Jerry Jones was like, hey, welcome to the Dallas Cowboys. I was like, cool. Just had a person call me and let me know when I need to show up. Like I wasn't, I was not, I was mad. not enthused about being a fourth round pick and the last pick in the fourth round they're at. So it was just one of those situations. All right, this is where I'm going to start my career. Let's go. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe you've never seen that, and no, it's that's so cool. over the top, awesome in your favor. A lot of times you see the draft capsules, and they're like, "Okay, well, this is a questionable pick. You could have got this guy later." They're saying this guy. <laughs> right? This, right. Think about it. <laughs> Kuiper is saying this guy should have been a first rounder. You add him to Demarcus Ware, and obviously, as you just said, um, Marcus Spears. That that is an awesome draft class, and that is from the 2005 NFL draft, of course, courtesy of ESPN. Now, I mentioned your teammate Marcus Spears, of course, analyst here at ESPN, and he had. These comments, and what a comparison for Baker Mayfield, who, again, CC said the Browns wish they had QB play like Baker Mayfield. Let's take a listen to what your former teammate had to say. Baker is also making plays. He's getting himself out of trouble. He's not making those critical mistakes of trying to be on the run and fit a ball in a tight window as opposed to saying, I'm going to use my legs and go get six or seven yards, keeping them in favorable down the distance. And the best thing about Baker Mayfield right now, he like an like underground rapper. 
All he's doing is putting out mixtapes. He's not mainstream. He's not. He's a mixtape god right now. And if he stay in that spot, Tampa may be a little bit more tougher than people expected them to be this year. All right, Farrell Monch, what do you think of this? Yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking about it. if he's an underground mixtape rapper, who is he? Like, is he Inspector Deck? Is he Big L? Is he Jay Dilla from Slum Village? Like, what, like if he's an underground rapper, what, what underground rapper would Baker Mayfield be? Can you be an underground rapper if you were really known and then not as known? That's the other part. That's the other part because he was the first overall pick. So you can't be underground. You can't be underground when you have all of those progressive commercials. So, I mean, I don't know if I rock with the analogy. So it's almost the rapper that comes out or the musician that comes out that is the hottest thing ever. And you're like, eh, he's kind of flops a little bit. And then five, ten years later, you're like, you know who's actually really good is so That person, yeah. Right. Underground, I understand the concept, but I think because he was number one overall, I don't know. It's almost like he was Lil Wayne right off the bat. Like, they signed him when he was 15. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Lil Wayne never dipped like this. Obviously. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm about that's to say. Thing. Lil Wayne never had a fall off like yeah. Baker. No. He bounced for what? He went to the Carolina Panthers. He was coming from the L.A. Rams. Like, Baker Mayfield's career arc has been fascinating. But the fact that he's found a way to resurrect it down in Tampa is impressive. And I mean, you can't take anything away from him, what he did on Sunday. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, against, uh, um, who, was, who did they play the on Bears. Sunday? The Bears, right? Yeah. I, I mean, Bears. he was 26 to 34 for 317 yards and a couple of touch. Like you can't take that away from Baker Mayfield. It was a really solid performance. I just don't think it's sustainable for him. I, I think I. Baker Mayfield is a quarterback that's something to do when there's nothing to do, to quote a Drake line. <laughs> I think he's relegated to bridge quarterback status, and right now it's the best of the available options for Tampa until they can find a quarterback that gives the team more upside. So who's the mixtape guy? Is it Brock Purdy? Yes, that, that makes Brock more sense. Brock Purdy's the yeah, mixtape guy, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like, okay, only if you're like a diehard college football fan did you know the Iowa State quarterback week to week, yeah. a non-top 25 consistently team. So I think that's a much better example. I, I don't know. I, I wish I had a better example. I don't know the, the person that was at the top, fell off, and then made their way back up. I think that's a little bit different. I get what Marcus Spears is saying. I still can't get over the fact that you never watched your draft capsule. That's now in my head the rest of the day. (laughs) Now this was the first time that you've watched your draft capsule there from Mel Kuyper. All right, coming up, is this week's game the most important one for Bill Belichick since Tom Brady left? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.